This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with McDelivery, just like Leicester City this season. So the only thing left to say is, you win. Order now on the McDonald's app, and you can also get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants 18 plus. Rewards registration required. Points only on menu items. Delivery fee and terms apply. See McDonald's.com. The Talksport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with Free for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. As football fans, we often pride ourselves on knowing everything from which substitution can turn the game around to the quickest route home to beat the crowds. However, when it comes to discussing feelings with our friends, we might not always feel as confident. That's why we're here to equip you with the right tools so you can reach out to those who can help. If your mates are struggling, let them know that the Samaritans are free to call on 116123. That's 116123. They are there to listen without judgment or pressure. 24-7, 365 days of the year. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Leicester Till I Die podcasts on the Apple iTunes, Spotify, Google, Anchor and all podcast platforms. You are watching Leicester Till I Die TV with Chris and Chumps. YouTube, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram and Pinterest. All you need for everything Leicester City FC. It's Leicester Till I Die TV. Strap yourself in because we're set up, switched on and ready to go. Hi everybody, Jerry Taggart here. Now be sure to watch Chris and Lester Till I Die TV by subscribing on YouTube and following them on social media for all the latest Leicester City news and information. Come on you foxes! Good afternoon Fox fans. It is post-match showtime. Are, we, are you still with us? I mean, not the most exciting the game. If I'm totally honest with you, I've probably had more exciting dumps. But um, it was a point at a uh, difficult away ground. Let us know your thoughts. Live on YouTube, Leicester Till I Die TV. Facebook, Leicester Till I Die The Group. Twitter and Periscope, at Leicester TID. And it was a Wolves nil, a Leicester City You are watching nil. Leicester Till I Die TV. And it's live. Yep, um, <laughs> live, but maybe not asleep. Like they do. So let us know your thoughts. Like I say, you can contact us in any of those three ways. Um, we're going to first of all say good evening or good afternoon, early evening to Stephen Collins. <laughs> That's 90 minutes of my life I won't get back. <sighs> Was lucky to get a point, Facebook user said there. 
to be honest with you, I think we could still be playing up to the uh, Brighton game and it would still be nil-nil. A bit of deja vu. It is the post-match game. Let's have a look. Let's bring a couple of colleagues in here. I'm pleased to say that we've got a special guest on this evening uh, in Julian Watts, ex-football player, ex-Leicester City player. Good evening, Julian. Evening, Chris. You all right? Not so bad. Have you had more exciting dumps than that? <laughs> I'd like to think so. <laughs> and we'll say hello and bring in Brad as well, who I I know has had more exciting dumps than that. He's told me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Hi guys. How are you? Are you both you right? No, no, no. I mean, this is what I love. This is what I actually love about football. Facebook user there. Don't know your name. Stick your name on the end, guys. If you're not registered with StreamYard and it doesn't cost to register, then it brings your details up. Stick your name at the end so we can give you a shout out. But I say what I love about football, and it is all about opinions there. I thought Chowdhury had a very poor game, and yet he was Alan's man of the match, and we'll come on to that later. He played full 90 minutes. I thought he did well. But I think that is what I love about football. Guys, Last year, or last I say last year, last season, um, we we only managed uh, a couple of uh, nil-nils, as we see uh, coming up on your screen now, in August and Feb. In fact, it was only one nil thanks to a controversial VAR decision later. For Julian, should we have expected any more? I do. I was really disappointed today with the way that we sort of set out in the game. Neither team... Pressed really high up the pitch, so both back lines had comfortable possession of the ball. You could understand that from Wolves' point of view because they've just gone through a bit of a rocky patch, apart from the uh, great result they had midweek. Uh, but for us, we all, we're always talking about: Are we, a, uh, you know, a, a top four, top six team? Well, today I think we went there like a mid-table team, and I would have liked to have seen us uh, really press them a lot higher up the pitch, try and force some mistakes, and take the game to them. And it looked to me like we we set up and we were. Happy with you know the the out you know the result at the end of it at nil nil. Uh, mm. For me, really, I think we need to go to places like that and look to take all three points, as would Man United and Man City. I mean, Brad, I suppose the Sky commentator for me ruined it because he, he the co-commentator because he said sort of uh, a few minutes into the game that uh, Leicester can be now considered a top six side. That was always the the kiss of death, really, wasn't it? But we we seem to have this trouble. When teams play a certain way at breaking them down, and that was a case of it today, it was that final ball that we just couldn't get right. Yeah, it was. It was a bit frustrated, and like Julian myself, I'm a bit disappointed. Um, I think the only way you can look at a game like this and a result like this is two ways: is a we didn't lose the game, which on years gone by we would have probably not really done much going forward, but not look like conceding, and lo and behold, conceded a late goal. I think yeah. you have to look at it that um, it shows that we're being seen in a different light by by the likes of Wolves, who were a good side, who have been unfortunate, like Leicester with injuries. They had a big one to Jimenez, as we know, that was a horrible one. Um, and they've kind of not lived up to the early season recognition that, that, that their fans were expecting them to be probably challenging for the European spots like they are. They got a good result against Arsenal, and, and sometimes with that, you just want to shore it up with a point. And I think it just shows, like I said, the respect it is towards Leicester, knowing how good we are as a side and how and how we we are competing up there with the big six, which we are doing regardless of today's performance. We're still a big, we're still I'd class as a top six side in this season because Wolves went out with the mentality that just don't concede, shut them out, do whatever we can for eleven bodies behind the ball, and if you look at the other results throughout the season. Brighton, Southampton, most predominantly at Liverpool, um, you know, Manchester United have had it a few times earlier in the season. When teams do that, they all struggle to break them down. And it's not nice, and we'd like to have got the edge today. But I think when it's a result like this and it's a drab game like it is, you have to pinch the positives out of it. And in the end, you've got to say Wolves did a great job defensively and did and, and did what teams do. I mean, they, they, they've beaten Man City uh, at points over the last couple of seasons, so they're not mugs, and we don't like playing them. We bet we very rarely get a positive result against them, and you kind of have to take it in football. It was we weren't at our best, 
Um, so you kind of take the point in the end, especially away from home. I think Brad should discuss the whole match there. <laughs> I just tried to sum it all up so I can give shorter answers later on through the show so you, you don't get bored to tears with me answering. So, Julian, I mean, at the start, I, I thought we started off quite well. And they, they said again on the TV that it was almost like Leicester were the home team and Wolves were sort of the away team. And it, it took them a while to get into the game. But they did. And, uh, you know, most, you know, into the second half, they were looking the team most likely. Oh, definitely. And I, I thought they were the team uh, most likely. Like I say, it was a fairly ordinary start. Neither team, like I say, it really went at the other team. So there was a lot of possession uh, when either had the ball. One thing that I noticed against Fulham the other night, and it, it didn't sort of stick out as much as it did today, is that when we had the ball at the back, uh, and it's something that they must have worked on, uh, that Barnes and uh, Perez uh, came in very narrow and let the fullbacks go down the outside. And that really just crowded that centre of the pitch. And I think that probably suited Wolves. Uh, and that's one of the reasons I don't think we found any space as we went forward. They were quite happy to sit back. We crowded that middle area and it, it was easy for them to contend with. And like I say, we, never, we didn't create, I didn't think, many very clear-cut chances until probably a bit later on in the game. Their, their, their wingers were uh, trouble for us, Brad, weren't they? They were having a lot of... Uh, fun as again as the match went on uh, down either flank yeah I mean Ricardo you could po possibly forgive he's still you, you show signs of a bit of maybe nervousness and, 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 and rustiness and by nervousness I mean he's had a long layoff of a big injury and the first couple of games you're normally getting your feelers out there aren't you and hoping nothing goes again and it stays strong he had a bit of a, a few moments where he didn't get things right but he had an alright game Ricardo and it's not often I say this, but uh, Justin struggled for pace at some points with uh, Trey Ohore down that side. But again, it's it's all about the the, the recovery work, and and that's something that we we as a club have come under lots of praise this season, and and it's why we come on here quite a lot, saying regardless of the result, there was a long point. I, I mean, if you go back to the Leeds game, me and you said, Chris. Even though Leeds were two one up, we never felt like we were going to lose that game. And obviously, we went on to lose a three one, and we did. But you never felt like, despite the the joy that Wolves did have down them them flanks, you didn't see us conceding anything, did you? Because someone was always there to, to to shore it up if if Justin did get beaten. On the odd occasion that Wolves did get past that man, there was six or seven Leicester shirts in the box to yeah. three Wolves players. So I never really felt in doubt, but it is it was something that was very unusual to see this season of, of, and, of the uh, wing-backs. And, and Julian, it was almost like the doubling up. There was all In that second half, like Brendan had said, go over and help um, James Justin out because he was... I mean, the, the, the Sonshu booking, he'd come over to, to sort of help him because he'd got beaten. Is... I mean, I think he's been an, an ever-present in most of the games. Do, do do we need to give the poor guy a rest? Uh, no, I mean, I think it was just a difficult afternoon. I think on either flank today, Wolves, they had uh, Neto on the left, who ability-wise uh, on his days is unplayable pretty much. Uh, Chiore, again, his pace is, and I mean, you know, uh, JJ's really, really quick, but you know, he's just come up against someone who's a bit quicker. And I, I thought going into the second half, I thought Chowdhury did an excellent job coming out and helping JJ down that side. And I have to disagree with the Facebook uh, comments about Chowdhury had a poor game. I, I actually thought he was excellent today. Uh, he covered a lot of ground, did a lot of work defensively, and like I say, doubled up with uh, JJ second half. And uh, I thought he made a, a big difference and it, it provided a real backbone for the performance. I mean, I'll stick with you for this, Julian, because you mentioned um, Chowdhury. I agree with you totally. And, I mean, I, I didn't want him to leave. I'm glad he hasn't left. And I think he deserved... He was in, he was in the starting lineup. I think, on merit today after his game um, uh, 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 midweek. He, I'd say I don't think he deserved to come off at all. And I'm glad he got the 90 minutes. So, mine, it just shows you the difference a week makes. Obviously, on the, on the verge of leaving... But then gets to start, does ever so well, and and now is is preferred today in front of Mendy, which I thought was the right decision. I do think I think Mendy's excellent defensive midfielder, as uh, you know, in a bit of a style of Kante. But uh, I think Chowdhury offers a bit more than that. And like I say, I thought you know today with a, a very 
kind of flat performance, I thought Chowdhury and Tielemans were probably unnoticeable, but very, very good being unnoticeable. Yeah. And Brad, we, we, we had at the end of the game, we had two centre-backs both on yellow cards. That, that was a, a little bit worrying, wasn't it? Yeah, um, and I've got to raise a concern about Evans, and it's it's a very little concern in that. And it's sometimes for me, I know it's you can call him a professional foul. I know I know Silence used yellow card was definitely a very very professional in in his foul. What he did in the sense that he he committed a foul, knowing he didn't want him to get away with it and took the card. Sometimes Evans for me, he looks a bit erratic with the foot in the air. We know what that gives. You know that's a card these days and. He got a sorry. Something's coming across my screen and blocked me off. Then uh, he got one in it, on the edge of the box. I think it was where he got the ball and he won it fair. But you're just thinking if he gets that wrong, he's already on a yellow. He was he was a second yellow and he pulled up a bit, didn't he? He had that five minute spell where he seemed to pull up a bit, and with the final out for a good month at least. It was a little bit concerning. I'm not, I'm not saying the likes of a Marty couldn't come in and, and do a job, but you're just feeling. I, I think he's definitely one that doesn't play against Brighton. I think he yeah. needs a, a full rest for the week because he just looked a bit flaggy at points in the game. I'm not saying he didn't have a good game. I'm just saying he looked flaggy. Julian, as as, as Brad's a goalkeeper, but you're, you're a defender, well, um, watching Sky, I don't know if you're watching it on Sky or not, but they were quite critical of the defence. And, and at times... It was sort of, you know, all in, do whatever you can, get in there, block it. We did look a little bit unorganised at the back at times. I think we did, but I think that's just, it's a bit to do with the modern game. Obviously, the full-backs in this day and age are really quite high up the pitch, a lot higher than they would have been 20 years ago. And, you know, sometimes you do get stretched and, you know, Wolves broke well. And as I mentioned before, Traore and Neto, they're such fantastic players and, you know, you'd be frightened to death with those running at you with the ball. And it, it just it looks like it causes a bit of mayhem. But, you know, I think we, we defended, we did what we had to do. We put bodies on the line, you know, and that's just good old school defending. And we did what we had to do. I couldn't really see anyone breaking the deadlock, really. But obviously, I thought that, you know, Wolves did have the sort of better moments, particularly in the second half. But I, I, thought, we, I thought defensively we were OK. I mean, Brad, let's not forget, you know, Wolves... <laughs> They're not a recently promoted side. They were not, you know, only just over a season ago. They were in the Europa League and got and got all the way to the quarters or semis. I'm not, I can't remember which. But they're just having a, a, a not a, not a good season at the moment. But a point away from home, as I said, you know, at the top of the show, it, it you know, it's not a bad result. We should we shouldn't sort of go sort of oh, that that you know that's the end yes it was a missed opportunity to catch up on united but then united had missed the opportunity to pull away if you look at it with the shoe on the other foot but it shouldn't all be doom and gloom after that should it no not really i mean if you look at it on a main objective point of view if liverpool win today they'll only go ahead of us on goal difference and after the last few seasons of how liverpool have been i don't think you'd be saying that in february that you don't only be You'd be ahead of Liverpool by three points before they kick a ball. Um, and on the, on the main seasonal objective, getting a point away at Molyneux, I think I think Wolves are probably our most consistent bogey side. You know, I've said it said it earlier, we do struggle to beat them um, over the years. We all remember that dreaded 4-3 uh, game uh, when we met in the Premier League. Um, and we were 3-1 up in that and they, you know, they ended up winning the game 4-3 and you know, last season, two nil-nils. This is a third and fourth. We lose, there's going to be a hard game. And I just think maybe that long target of keeping us in a title contender talk, not that maybe not necessarily the race, but at least being talked about in that case, it was disappointing on that front because, you know, like you say, if you, if you win that game, you nudge yourself up the table um, on the points and then you put a bit of pressure on Man City but I think I think today, you know, if you look at that Man City are playing Liverpool, I think it's a bonus in disguise because any result can sort of favour Leicester in the long run. Because if Man City win, then fine, okay, you pretty much concede they're probably going to win the title unless they have a bad run of form. That's fine, I can deal with that. It means Liverpool stay three points behind us on, on playing the same games, and, and we can open up a gap over them a bit more, hopefully. Uh, you know, and, and if Liverpool beat Man City, then we've actually gamed a point on Man City. So, 
we, we take the point. You always take a point away from home against most teams in the Premiership. It's just, I think the disappointment comes because there wasn't enough going forward. And like Julian said, the overall performance wasn't up to the expectations of what we were hoping for from the side we've come to see. Julian, it's nil-nil at the moment, Man City, uh, Liverpool, Man City. So probably the best, that is currently the best result for us. Would you say now, I mean, midweek, the, the, it was a report in one of the nationals, everybody's favourite if you go on sales, not favourite if you go on comments, newspaper, um, that Rogers was the favourite to move on from the club without being sacked, I think. Um, but if we can keep hold of Rogers and keep the squad together as we're doing, we, we, we could be a top six, seven side for years to come. You know, we are establishing ourselves there, aren't we? Yeah, I totally agree with that. I mean, like I think Brendan is always going to be put in, you know, his, his name is going to be put in the hat for any job that comes up because he's, he's doing such a good job. You know, we're still not classed as a top team yet. We're in there year in, year out. That's part to do with him. And I think when he came, you know, it was it was always looking like it was going to be a long-term project and a long-term relationship. And you would hope that he probably realises that he, he's found a really good place to be in where, you know, he's... He's had the moments at Liverpool where quite quickly things turned around on him from title contenders to you know being told that his services weren't required anymore. And I, I, th- you, I think you know at Leicester there's a lot still to do, a long way to go, but it's coming along nicely. I personally think he'd be foolish if he looked at anything else unless it was you know a top top club. But you know perhaps we can be that top top club in five years' time. I mean, you know, you look bad since we won the Premier League, uh, just to sidetrack briefly for a second. You know, we had a few bad seasons. I mean, you know, let's let's not forget, we won the Premier League and then we finished lower than any other team the following season having won it. Um, and then we had a couple of sort of, you know, flirt, flirtations with relegation and what have you. Uh, if Rodgers can sort of keep us top five, top six again, for Leicester... As we stand at the moment, that's success, isn't it? Oh yeah, definitely. It's definitely success, and um, you know, maybe maybe them seasons afterwards, we were looking at positions where you'd have probably, if you was a betting person, without that title win, you'd have got, after the great escape, you'd have gone, well, where where do you see this Leicester side going next season? And go in, well, they probably finish bottom half of the table and then they can work to build on that which is what clubs below Leicester have been doing look at Everton they were kind of a steady eddy middle of the table side and they brought in someone with great knowledge of the game great experience and a fantastic well-known manager in Ancelotti and now all of a sudden over the last season and a half they've been talked up more as a a force to be reckoned with and they've they've got a great resilient point against Manchester United and and you can see it there and with Rodgers I mean, Julian, it kind of reminds me almost of the, you know, the manager you worked under in O'Neill. I feel like Rogers has seen a project with Leicester, which is why he left Celtic what he is. He took Celtic as far as he could. Um, and he, he's seen an opportunity at Leicester to grab the ball by the horns, make a statement uh, and build a team and take them as far as he thinks he can go. And whether that's consistent Champions League football over the next five years, or whether he thinks there's even more he can do. I mean, his intentions were shown, and I've heard a rumour today that I'll, I'll say in a second, but his first intentions were, you, 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 I want you here long-term, you're in my plans, I want you on big contracts. I'm talking Madison, obviously Vardy with an extension, and Evans has got one now. And I've heard rumours today that apparently, and I don't know how solid these rumours are, because I haven't got me tomato sauce to prove it from where it is, but apparently also they're already now talking about tying Tillemans down to a long-term deal. And given the time that Brendan's been here, that's pretty a big statement to go, I'm here for the long haul because I want you key players here for five, six years. And I know that might change if big clubs come in for them, but the the intent's there and that's what I like to see. And I, I agree with Julian. I think, like I said, he kind of reminds me of Neil. He sees a project here and he's not going to leave until that project's done. Julian? Yeah, you know, I mean, I know Martin eventually left for Celtic, but and, and Brendan's had his time at Celtic and come the other way. But I think, you know, with Celtic, are you, was, was he really pushing himself? I mean, at the time, he didn't really have much competition in that league, although that's changed this season. Um, so, you know, as a coach and a manager, you want to test yourself and push yourself and, and come up against the best. And 
the obvious thing to do was come down to the Premier League, but you've got to do that with the right club. And, you know, I think Leicester was the right club for him at the time. The fact that he's signing players on long-term contracts means that he must be having the conversation with them that he's here for the long-term because they would be very disappointed if, if he was signing them long-term and then disappearing himself short-term. So, you know, it all sat that, you know, the, what the sound, the noises that the club are making all look like, you know, that he's here for the long-term and he's trying to, you know, keep the right players here for the same time that he's here and, and also add to it. And it'll be interesting to see in the summer what his targets are, targets are having missed out, you know, in this window that we've just been go by. I mean, I, I, I don't know if I go that far back and, I, and I'm guessing you don't, Julian, but the Facebook user here <laughs> saying the best football since 1943. I'll have to take your word for that. Uh, it was it was good football under the Bluefield years. I, I remember that was when I sort of first came in. It looks like we've lost Brad, so we're just going to uh, remove Brad for, for a second. I don't know. Uh, he's maybe gone off to see if he can have an exciting dump as well. But... Um, I, w- I want to talk because somebody mentioned earlier Albrighton, and we'll we'll come on to that in a second. Um, Inacho, I thought he had a good game. Yeah, he did. Uh, he linked up well, created a few chances, did everything that was asked of him. You know, the the build up play was quite you know slow, and you you would want it to be a bit quicker if you were a striker. So you know, he was really sort of being fed scraps. But I, I actually thought what he did do, he did well. And, it, you know, yeah. he probably wasn't called on as, as much as he would have liked to have been, if I'm honest. But uh, yeah, I thought he had a decent game, yeah. And, he, you know, he warranted the start. It was great. To, I thought the starting lineup was was perfect, to be honest. I think Brad's having a game of um, doing the hokey-cokey with us here because he's in, then he's out, and he's probably gone off to shake it all about. Well, we'll, uh, we'll, we'll, we'll again, we'll, uh, we'll, we'll, we'll try to... As soon as I take him out, he comes back in. I don't know what's going on there. Um, I mean, yeah, we do forget with strikers that a striker is only as good, as a goalkeeper is only as good as the defence in front of him because if there's no defence in front of the goalkeeper the goalkeeper's got less, you know, it's a harder game for him. Same with a striker up front. You know, if he's not getting the service and he's not getting fed the way that he likes to be, they're going to find it harder to to score. That's right. And, and, you know, that showed again in the Fulham game. And again, I thought he did really well against Fulham uh, and and he got the right ball in and made the right run and, and gets his goal from that. You know, if he's if he's not on his toes and making those runs, he's not going to score goals. So you, you couldn't ask any more of what he's done in the last couple of games. And obviously with Miss Jamie, you, you know, it was great to see him sort of back on the pitch later in the game today. Yeah. But it, you, you really feel like, you know, you need... You need Iniacho to step, you know, to step up and be the proper understudy. And obviously, Brendan had doubts about that when he when he was on the bench and we were playing Perez up front. So, yeah. you know, he, he's probably lacking in confidence because of those decisions. But I think in the last two games, he's definitely proved his worth. And for me, you know, if Vardy's not fit, I really think he should be starting. I mean, two good. We'll bring Brad back in in a second, Julian. But two good decisions by by Rogers for me today, anyway, was the sticking with Chowdhury. And, you know, I know he made him a promise he'd start him in the Fulham game, which he did. But, you know, good good on him for starting him against day and giving him the 90 minutes. And also sticking with um, Inacho up front when, uh, well, like I say, Vard is there. And it must be demoralising. I mean, I mentioned this to Josh in the pre-match. It must be demoralising for Inacho because however good he is, and I, I've been critical of him recently, and I'm, I'm building him up now. So he has had a couple of good games. And he, he deserves, you know, he deserves the credit when he gets it right. Um, but it must be demoralising thinking, like, I could go out and score a hat-trick today against Wolves. Chances are Jamie will be back for the Liverpool game. It, it is hard, and I think that's maybe one of the hard uh, reasons why, you know, can we attract another striker? Because they know that if Jamie's fit, he's going to start. He's such a talisman for the club. His record speaks for itself. You know, he's, he's a threat week in, week out. Uh, so for anyone coming into the club, and particularly with uh, Iniacho at the club at the moment, you know, he knows when uh, everything's right, he isn't going to start. But you would hope that, you know, in his attitude and the awareness of how good Jamie is and if he can learn a bit from him and, and watch him. But then when he does get his opportunities, like he has done in the last couple of games, come and put the performances in that he's actually put in. Uh, and, and then he, you know, he just put himself in the in the manager's sort of shop window, just as Chowdhury did. So, yeah. you know, like I say, he's nearly leaving the club uh, a week ago. Uh, gets promised to play in the Fulham game, plays, and that, like I said, I, I think I gave him man of the match due to the circumstances surrounding, you know, why he played in his performance. 
and all of a sudden he sort of gets his name at the top of the list, obviously with Indeedy missing, but ahead of Mendy, which, you know, a few weeks ago, that wasn't the case. So again, with, you know, with um, Ineacho, that's what he's got to do. He's got to let Brendan know or show Brendan through his performances that if Vardy's not fit, he's the man. And, and I don't think he's done that previously, but I think right now he probably has done and, and he's put himself in a little, uh, in a nice spot. Let's not forget, of course, Jamie's not scored in six. Sinatro's scored in, the, you know, once in the last two. So we can't, uh, if we are going to compare like for like. But no, in fairness, like I say, having been very critical of him, give him, you know, shout out with his last two games. You know, to my mind, he's done nothing wrong. I think he should probably start against Brighton and give Jamie a, a little bit longer. Brad, welcome back. How was the hokey cokey? Oh God, yeah, it was brilliant because me, me, me camera just started flickering and it was doing my head in and I could and it kept freezing you guys. So I was like, am I in? Am I out? Am I in the background? What's going on? And I just reset and load up the link. Well, we we, we thought you you you'd been in and out, so we thought you'd gone off to shake it all about. But <laughs> it's great timing coming back then because you you just time for the the, the Perez shout out. Um, Surprised he started, to be honest with you, but he did. He came off uh, on 60 minutes, uh, and I did say at half time, I don't think I'd, I'd heard him mentioned, to be honest with you, by the commentators. And that's not always a bad thing, you know, that, you know, um, it happens sometimes and you're just going under the radar. But he, he didn't have the, the best half again, did he? Or, or am I being unfair? I don't think, I think, yeah. Can I just record myself saying this again? He wasn't inspiring, was he? Mm. He didn't do anything really that stood out. And I'm sick of saying it. I'm sick of repeating myself for Perez. Yeah, today we saw something of his game that he doesn't do naturally, which he got back and did some defensive work. And he made some good blocks at the back. I'm going to give him credit where he dues, where it's due. But again, it wasn't inspiring me. And it's got me questioning. And I've heard a few Foxes fans say different reasons for the reason why. But I'm starting to think, why did we bother loaning in Chengus under? Because today, if you want to start against Wolves with someone who's a more of a technical player and can put a ball in the box, fine. We've got all Brighton for that. Because Perez, in an attacking sense, gets his feet in a muddle, runs into trouble, hits the deck, never gets a free kick. All Brighton, and, and I know you could say Vardy also impacted that, but we saw from Ian Acho's goal against Fulham that he's capable of getting on the end of a, an All Brighton uh, ball in. All Brighton changed the dynamic of that second half late on, and that's where we showed a bit more interest because he put the ball in, he, got, he was quicker, and all of a sudden Wolves went from not worried about our right side to a bit concerned, and it helped actually free up Justin and Barnes because until all Brighton came on, they were shackled down. And I'm thinking, if you're going to start with that, it's got to be all Brighton, not Perez. And if you want to change it up and go for pace, why isn't under? What's the point in him? What's the point in his loan? I mean, we sing praises about him and I like him. I want him to become a permanent fixture in the, in, in the Leicester fold. But it's the people out there that have come on before that don't rate under have a genuine reason why he's not. Is there a hidden reason that I'm not seeing where he's not the second choice option at a bare minimum? Because for technical players, I want Albrighton all day long over Perez for a forward game. I just don't understand Perez's selection after his poor performance against Fulham. I back Nacho and Chowdhury getting picked for their performance against Fulham. Why does Perez keep his place? I just someone answer it, please, because I, I'm sick of repeating myself when you ask me about Perez's performance. A couple of answers coming up there. Thirty million reasons for uh, playing yeah. Perez. Yeah, Perez is only playing because Rogers bought him. But Julian, I mean, I wasn't. I mean, I think when we bought, obviously, we didn't buy. When we loaned in under, I don't think we were expecting or Brighton to have the sort of season that he's having. You know. He, and I, I, I keep saying this time and time again, or Brighton has admitted himself that managers take a little while to get to like him and the way he plays, etc. Uh, and maybe Rogers was doing that last season, I don't know. But all Brighton's come into the team and has made himself undroppable. And I say that was, but that's after we've, you know, we, we've signed under. Yeah, I mean, on Perez today, you know, he was uh, unnoticeable, um, didn't really have a great game. I mean, the, the guy's got a doubted ability, but he's just not 
converting that into performances on the pitch and you know he's in a bad place at the minute but we've seen you know we've talked today about you know about Chowdhury uh, and Iniacho and you know he needs to do the same and have a bit of a re reset and a rethink um, and but I think going forward uh, as Brad said you know um, Albrighton comes on and he's a lot more positive and you're looking at the team selection now and you, you'd, you'd think as a manager if we were managing the team you'd be looking at Albrighton over over Perez every day because he's now brought a lot of consistencies to his game and he, you know he's a seven or an eight out of ten every week you know exactly what you're going to get with Perez it's a bit hit and miss at the minute and you you know you've not really got any form with him and at the minute it might be a time to rest him and and again give give under the chance that Perez is getting at the moment and see you know what he can do because on the odd occasions that he has come in he, he's obviously got that little bit of, bit of an edge where he can create something from nothing he can go past the player he can deliver uh, but he, he probably needs a little bit of a run which he's not getting and that's not helping his form I suppose stick with you for a second Julian should Rogers do what Ancelotti did with Pickford at Everton, which was when he was having a bad run of form, take him out of the limelight for a bit, bring somebody in in his place, um, not because it, you know, overly bad, well, it was bad form, but it, it it takes them out the limelight, doesn't it? And and give give Albrighton or an, under the start. Yeah, I, I totally agree with that. And I think, you know, some of the comments about the 30 million reasons, you know, when you often see managers go to a new club and they, they say, well, these aren't my players and it's a bit of an excuse for why the form might not be great. But when you do bring your own players in, that's when people are looking at the decisions you've made and, uh, you know, and that directly falls on the manager's head. And, you know, if it's paid that sum for him, then, you know, he's probably at the minute backing him, but it might be a time to, to look after him. Uh, and not worry about, you know, any comments because, you know, the squad, whilst we are carrying a few injuries, it's still big enough to cope with, you know, giving him that bit of a rest and a bit of a time and, a, like I say, a reset and, and putting other players in there and maybe bringing him back, you know, and, and hoping that he can do what Iniacho's done and do what Charity's done, which is sort of find that bit of form that they've needed and put themselves back in the manager's thoughts again. Brad, I can't believe I'm going to actually say this, but... <sighs> When Albrighton came on, and I know it was sort of, you know, with only half an hour to go, I'd almost forgotten, watching the second half, that he was on. Uh, didn't have his best 30 minutes. And I know it's only 30 minutes and it's hard to sort of shine that time. But, you know, looking at that, I, I could say I don't understand, you know, for me, correct me if I'm wrong, maybe you thought he, he, he had a, a brilliant half hour, but I, I do think I'd say Under's not getting the chance that he's, he deserves. No, I agree with the fact that I don't think Under's getting the chance he deserves. And I think he probably would be if Rod if Rogers would pick Albrighton over Perez with the idea of Under comes on as a substitute. I've got no issues with Albrighton starting out of the three of them. I think he's the the far best one. He's got the knowledge of the squad, of the players of the predominant of that squad there. He can put in a hell of a ball, as we've seen, and we know what it does. And the fact is you were talking about Albrighton, who probably had you know, the way the way Julian said it there, he probably had a six or a seven performance for his half hour he came on, but it was streets ahead of Perez. And that's the annoying part. Because if I'm under, I just wonder if splashing 30 million on Perez and not getting the quality return we was hoping for when we paid 30 million for him, which is why Rogers is was so against the idea of Roma saying you can have him alone, but then you have to pay 20 plus million for him if he comes good. And I just wonder if maybe this season we're seeing it over the last couple of games with Iniacho, who we've got praise to today, that Rogers kind of maybe came in at the start of this season and went within in, in regards to Iniacho going, look, we know how to play with Vardy. We know how to do that. We'll, we'll do that in bit parts of training, but I'm going to work on a way to get the best out of Nacho, which over the last two games has been held, hold the ball up right lay it off and then run into the box, which he did really well against Fulham, got him a goal, and he did really well today. I just wonder if he's trying to figure out a way to to do things right on the right side. And because he's invested in Perez and Unders alone, he's more willing to do it on the match day and, and, and throw him out there instead of pulling him out of there. Because uh, did we spend all this time negotiating a loan deal with an option to buy it at what would be a cut price, in my opinion, for under just to have him as a cup and a cup in Europa League rotation player? Because if it is, it's a waste of a talent. Because the kid's got it. We've yeah. seen him, like you said, he runs past players, he has shots, he 
plays he's got belt in pace uh, am I missing a trick as to why he's I mean, not getting more I minutes? Possibly, you know, a lot of people would say if he was that good, you know, he would be in, in, in the Roma side. But let's go on and let's move on and have a look at the um, man of the match and uh, get your guys' choices for that um, and see see what you think. But we're going to be sort of right back just after this. This is Leicester Till I Die TV. Please subscribe now on YouTube. So let's have a look what Alan went to. That wasn't quite as long as Julian thought it was going to be there. I think. Um, so Alan Bennett, who did this. Sorry, Julian. I should, uh, I'll pick a longer one next time. Julian, um, sorry, Alan Bennett, who very kindly does my man of the match and rates the team and the uh, manager's performance, has gone, I think he's pretty much got it spot on again this week. He, he's picked Hamza as his man of the match and he had a very good game in midfield, I say, and stayed on for the whole 90 minutes. Manager and team, six apiece. Agree with that, Julian, or... Uh, I mean, I, I thought today, and I, I think he's in such good form at the moment, so important to the team, Tielemans, he, uh, and, and I, there was a comment on Sky that said he was like, the, you know, Brendan's voice on the pitch, and you can see that mm. he's directing traffic constantly, and for to have for a manager to have that on the pitch, I think it's, it's such a big asset to the team, um, and do you know what, I couldn't really pick much between them, but in my mind, I thought Tielemans, I didn't think he put a foot wrong, and I keep saying it every time I talk about him, he keeps us ticking over ever so well, he's always... He's always got a pass. He's always one sort of pass ahead of everybody else. He knows where everybody is when he gets the ball. And he, he just keeps, you know, like I say, keeps us ticking over really, really nice. And I thought in a fairly flat performance today, those two did really well in the centre of the park. And I, I thought he just edged it, if I'm honest. Brad? Uh, I mean, yeah, Julian makes some good points. And sometimes, you know, players go under the radar because they do a job and you don't really hear them. And we've said it a few times about other players this season like Mendy and, and, and Tillemans is one of them as well, where they do a job and it's so good that you're just expecting of it that you don't need to mention it because you're just like, and there he is again. And I don't know if you were junior, a very difficult choice. Another impressive performance I have to mention from JJ again. He was fantastic again. Uh, but I think I'm going to have to side with Junior on this one. I think Tillemans for me just ed edged it, but the ratings-wise, I think it's, it's, it's pretty fair given... The contents of the actual game and the performance, I think sixes is pretty fair, pretty fair Steve, um, rating. Steve's agreeing with me there. Thank you, Stephen. Glad somebody does. <laughs> Mark was poor. Well, by, it, it, uh, it wasn't a case of not agreeing. It wasn't a case of not agreeing. No, 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 just no, showing no, you how poor Perez was in comparison yes. that all yes. Brighton still came out better with a with a bad no. performance. And I oh, and Man City have missed a penalty by the way. Man City have just missed a penalty. Was a, that was a throwaway comment by me as a joke because he... he actually, uh, no, but I like to douse the fire or add to it either way. I either add to it or put it out. Um, and somebody there agreeing with Alan, uh, Hamza, a man of the match. Um, Stephen's your on, best on friend. Sky, on Sky, Julian, they said Tielemans is playing deeper these last few games. More, I think, possibly making Leicester more, rather than a 4-1-4-1, more a 4 let me just get this right, a 4-2-3-2 almost. <laughs> I had to check my number then, <laughs> putting it down wrong. Do you agree <laughs> with that? Uh, I don't know. I mean, looking at today, today's game, I said it earlier that, you know, neither team pressed the other team high up the pitch. So possession at the back was comfortable. And when possessions at the at the back's comfortable, your midfield will tend to drop deeper because it, it's, it's easier to keep the ball. You know, if someone's pressing and pressing and pressing, you know they'll not tend to come to come so deep uh, because the ball's going to get transferred forward and they need to sort of be there for the second ball. Uh, I just felt today that it was easier for them to come in and and get the ball off the centre backs because they weren't under so much pressure. So probably made him look uh, a bit deeper. And it might be something like I said they've worked on with. Like I said, I, I thought today that Barnes and Perez, the way that when we had the possession, they really did come in quite narrow. Um, and, and let the full-backs go. And in doing that, obviously, you don't want your centre-mids pushing too out of the pitch or you're leaving yourself really bare. So maybe just in that change of tactic that I've noticed in the last couple of games, particularly today, has meant that it is a bit more of a sitting role. But, um, you know, like I said earlier, I didn't think that quite worked out for me today against a team that were happy to let us do that. Uh, and I would have liked to see us a bit more on the front foot, uh, which we weren't today, and hence the result. 
taking that point a little bit further then, and I'm going to sort of um, hit this over the net at Brad. Um, Brookline, oh, excuse me. Brookline saying, you guys are going too easy on Barnes. Uh, why can't he run the channel? Cuts inside too much, can't cross. I think both Ferrari and Neto showed him a better way to play the position. Now, I've got to be honest with you, and it's a, it's your opinion, Brookline, and, you know, it's nice that you, you, you're you saying it. Um, it is all about opinions. Personally, I wouldn't necessarily agree with that. Brad, would you? I mean, Brookline makes a good point to a thing, and I may, I did bring it up in the Fulham game, that teams have wised up to what Barnes does, and you... you Barnes can run in and he can cut the ball in. And we play kind of like that um, that deceptive ball into the box. It's not the traditional ball into the box. We tend to find that a lot of our crosses or, or drill through balls are behind the six-yard box and not aimed at the penalty spot and six-yard box. And normally pull back for someone that's got a bit of space. And that's why the midfield's got a few more goals this season. But I don't think that's the issue with him. But I have noticed, and I did bring it up in the Fulham game, that teams have wised up to Barnes being our main threat on the width. And they do double up on him, and it does make his game harder. And this isn't this is now a part of his game where he'll have to go right. Gaffer or whoever he works with, he'll have to get back to the training ground and go, right, I've noticed in the last couple of games I'm getting doubled up on. I'm coming a bit short. I don't really like that. You know, I like to run at them. How can I get out of that situation? What do I need to do to improve? And in years gone by, and he's early, and we've got to remember, he's still early in his career. You know, he's had the questions of, he doesn't cut in enough. Well, I'll start adding that to my game. Oh, he doesn't get enough goals. Well, he's added that to his game. So now he's got an issue. How is he going to tackle it? I'm pretty sure he'll tackle it the same way he always has, and he'll deal with it. Because I'll I'll agree with Brookline. Wasn't his best game today. He lost the ball a few times and he he put it out of play a few times and hit a few brick walls. But it's just another obstacle in his game and development that he's got to overcome. And I'm pretty certain with the talent we've seen of him already, he's got the capabilities to unlock that in his game. Julian, your thoughts on uh, Barnes today? Because I mean, they are they are talking about him being included in the England squad. Yeah, I mean, I'm rightly so on recent form, but uh, I mean, I I just genuinely think they're being asked to play like they play, and they're like they're being asked to play narrow. That is the you know the manager's instructions. They're obviously working on it. For me, I said I thought I noticed it the other night against Fulham. Today, it stood out like a sore thumb, and I, I kept making sure that every time we had the ball comfortable at the back, kept having a, keeping an eye on where they were, and they were both in in field. And what it was doing was leaving room for the fullbacks to get round them. But obviously, when they're not as high up as up the pitch, they weren't causing as much of a threat. And with Wolves going to a back three, which may have been unexpected, it, it played into their hands again a bit with them, you know, having wing backs able to pick off the full backs. And obviously the two wide guys coming inside and getting, you know, sort of entangled with the Wolves centre mids. So it didn't really work for me today. I think Barnes is, is a lot better, wider. Uh, I remember a couple of years ago, uh, Pep set in Manchester City up where they, it was a 4-3-3, which is a different formation, but the two wide guys were really high and wide and the fullbacks actually were the ones who came and tucked in and took up those midfield positions. And I think that would suit Barnes and maybe Perez a lot better than it did today. So every time they received the ball today, they were in the middle of the traffic. You know, there were two or three players near them. They didn't have that space to go and make a run, but they were creating you know, room for the for the for the fullbacks, but it, it didn't yeah. pay off for me as a tactic. And I thought that might be something that maybe should have been looked at and changed as the game wore on. Because again, we, we just looked quite blunt today, and it didn't really look like we were going to cut them open or create anything decisive. Brad, coming to, uh, to you, and I'll come back to you with the, the, the same point here, uh, Julian. Um, Rob made this point earlier, and, I, and I've held on to it. It's half time at Man City, um, Liverpool nil, Man City nil. Uh, Rob says big week coming up could be out of the cup, out of the title race. Everything if everything goes pear shaped within a week, are we? Are we really? You know, realistically, really? I know mathematically, we are still in the title race, but realistically, more. But, more yeah, but as a top four, let, yeah, let's be honest. Come on, come on, fellas and and foxes and foxettes. Let's get on with it. Really, okay. yeah, title would be a dream. It's it's ironically it's five thousand to one out of a dream. It's a million and one odds. And we weren't that high when we won it, but you get my point. Yeah, it'd be great 
to, to win the title. Of course it would be great to win a second title because it gives us more reason to laugh at Liverpool saying, no, we've gone two before you did. But my point stands, at the end of the day, before a ball was kicked, especially after the way last season ended, we were desperate. We were desperate to say we need to back European football up. We cannot let last season affect us mentally. We're third in the Premiership. We're three points clear of Liverpool. Well, two points right now because their game's kicked off and it's half-time. We're four points clear in the, in, in the side. And we've seen so much rotation in this side to know that nobody's going to come into this game and let us down. Chowdhury was third choice four weeks ago. He's got ahead of Mendy because he offers a bit more flair going forward. And indeed, he's been injured, so they've had the opportunities. Out the cup to... Where, where's that come from? Why, why are we suddenly saying we could be out of the cup to Brighton? Well, we can't beat Brighton with the team we've got. I, I just think that's a little bit... That, that's not the panic button's not just been pressed, it's been smashed. Is it that way too hard, Rob? <laughs> I just... There's no need to get the panics at the end of the day. Manchester United lost to Sheffield United. I mean, who loses to Sheffield United, as one of my friends would say, when it comes to defeats to lower league sides? But you don't see them hitting the panic button. You don't see them going, oh, well, we've lost over to that's it now. We're going to go out of all these competitions and it's all good. No, calm down. Get your knickers untwisted. At the end of the day, that's that's a good away point to back up beating Fulham. That's four points out of six. What? Let's go. Let's get past Brighton. Let's keep the run going and and let's enjoy the season. Let's hit I that target. Brad, I think Brad has moved on from the hokey cokey to the incredible hokey. You won't like me when yeah, I'm angry. Yeah, that's, it just annoys <laughs> me when I see them sort of things after after result that's not gone the way we hoped. I get it. It's not gone the way we hoped, but let's not break the panic button. Julian, I think um, let, let we'll, we'll give Brad a minute just to just to calm I'm down. But Julian, I mean, I think I think the point Rob was making. Um, <laughs> sorry, I've got. To, I've just got to post this quickly before I come back to you, Julian. Brad, uh, <laughs> 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 that's why my lighting keeps going. Julian, I think the point Rob was making was that if it did go pear shaped, I don't think he was saying it would go pear shaped. But if it did. Could, I think what he's trying to say is it's, it's probably possibly a defining week for our season. Goes well, we still got everything gone. But that said, we're still going to have the Europa League. Do you think we are in sort of a title race? I don't personally. As much as I'd love to say we are, I think we're in a top four race. Yeah, I mean, I, I think Man City's form is is so strong at the moment. I think they're probably going to run away with it. And, you know, they've just gone 1-0 up, so i am just got it on the screen over there. Um, I mean, you know, we could lose two games this week and would we be out of this? And You know, we'll be out of the cup, obviously. But, you know, I think we just need to fill our glasses up a little bit and make sure that they're half full and not half empty. So you can look at it in both ways. We can go and win both games and be in contention for both or lose both games. But in the league, I don't think that would really matter. We are still looking for us, for me, a top four finish. Uh, I think that I think the league is going to be um, tied up by Man City. Um, and, you know, what, what we've got to look at is, is how our season's going so far. And I think all it is, is that, you know, we won the league a few years ago and everyone's, we've talked about it before, the fans' expectations and some fans, their expectations have really gone through the roof. And I think we all talk about quite sensibly where we are right now. And where we are right now, we haven't got that kind of squad that is going to go and probably win a league. We could do if everything fell right for us. But, you know, other teams can have injuries. And, you know, like obviously Liverpool have got the two centre-backs missing. They still probably have a chance of the title. Would that be the same for us? Probably not, because we haven't got the depth that, that other teams or so-called bigger teams have got. So, you know, before be thankful for where we are now, you know, the form's good at the moment. My issue with today is that we didn't go after them, and I think we should have gone after them. I think that, for me, it's two points dropped. I'm not, you know, going away from home and getting a point isn't the worst result in, you know, in the world. But there, there wasn't the intent, and you could see that by watching it, that... You know, after after 20 minutes, you, you, you could have probably rung up the bookies and said, you know what, I'm going to back this at nil-nil because neither team really showed the intent that we want to go and get three points. Understandable from Wolves in the position they're in and the recent form, as I've already said. But for us, for me, for, for a top club and saying that we're title contenders and wanting to be in contention for everything, I thought there was the intent wasn't there today. And I, that's what disappointed me more than anything. And that was the setup of the team, not just the way the team went out and played, 
it was the actual way that we played and that comes from the manager as well so you know going back to the uh, six out of six I, I totally agree with that based on you know what I've just said I think we'll leave the last uh, comment on this point to uh, the bronze plumber uh, perhaps we're missing the killer instinct of Slimani <laughs> I think that was a bit tongue-in-cheek there bronzy <laughs> I really think I do but just just taking up on that, and that, that point came in a little bit earlier about um, than, than I was probably thinking, because, Brad, this is what we have got coming up over the next um, three games, and it, and it is um, an int- going to be an interesting three games. It is Brighton in the FA Cup, and as Josh said, if, you know, in the pre-match, beat them, we're in the quarters, and that's quarter. I mean, the fifth round sounds nothing. The quarters, it's the quarters. We've then got have got Liverpool... Um, at home, we know Liverpool are our bogey team at the moment, and you know we 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 could turn up with the Brazil team, and they could turn up with the youth team, and probably still put two or three past us. Just how it's going at the moment against Liverpool, and then obviously an away leg uh, if we can travel to the Slavia Prague in the Europa League. It, it is like you say, not necessarily going to you know make or break, but it could be a defining week for us. It could be, but so could the three games after that. You never, you never really know when that defining moment is going to come in your season. I mean, we never knew it when we won the league. It wasn't until probably we beat Man City at the Etihad that a lot of fans saw that as the defining moment. And there was probably still a lot out there after that game that still didn't see that as as the, the go ahead for where Leicester are going to be. At the end of the day, a lot of fans, you know, took on board, and I, I understand where it, it comes in. And I, I, I did blame a few. He was a little bit. You're breaking up, bro. I do apologise to Rob if he's took it out the wrong way. But oh, for God's sake, the signal on my phone. Is that better? Can you hear me now? Yeah, we can hear you now. Yeah, yeah. Okay, that's fine. It's just my end. It doesn't block me out. It's just if you guys hear it, you need to tell me. Otherwise, I'll be talking to a still picture all day. But uh, yeah, I think obviously we know what happened in the back of the mind last season. It's fair enough that fans had to get a bit on edge when we dropped points against it. And I'm with Julian. Today was disappointing. I felt we should have come out and shown a bit more intent. Uh, and I'm not disagreeing with with, with what he said. What my point is, we made you know four points out of four points out of six in two away games. It's an improvement. And over these next three games, you know, fans at the start of the season, there was probably some that were happy with eight. Nope, he's, go- he's gone again. He's gone I'm not again. saying that's a bad thing. I'm not saying they're being pessimistic. <laughs> I hate this internet in this house. I'll wrap it up short. <laughs> Last season, we fell away. Everybody wanted Europe and they were happy with eight. I yeah. think now you might see three different teams depending on what Rodgers really has his eye on. Liverpool could be a free hit and they're at- we're at home and they have lost a few, believe it or not. It's not a myth. It's true. They have actually lost games. But with Wolves, uh, with Brighton and Praga, they're good opportunities to go far in them competitions. And if you, like you said, if you get to that quarterfinals of either of them, there's no chance you can't then push on and win it. I Brad, think more concentration goes on them than Liverpool. Brilliant, Brad. I'm just going to take you out because you say um, we're coming towards yeah, the end. It's no problem, you are taking. It up. Thanks very much, Brad, and we'll see you uh, post Brighton. Yeah, no worries. I'll, I'll have a I'll have a word with my phone and see if I can sort it yeah. out. For, yeah. um... Julian, thanks as always for joining us. I mean, we have got three games there: FA Cup, League, Europa League. And I know, along with every Leicester fan, I want to win every competition we're in. I want to win every game, but we do have to prioritise one, don't we, Asif? Or do we? It's difficult, and it, that again comes down to the injuries and what Brendan's got available to him. I mean, you know, I'd like to see a strong team in all three games. I mean, you know, like I said, just said the league, are we, are we looking for top four? Are we looking to win the league? I, I do think the league's probably this year a little bit beyond us, especially if Man City go on uh, and win today. But, you know, just to bring home some silverware, which, you know, it puzzles me sometimes when managers don't take the League Cup that seriously, you know, for any club. The supporters want to see, you know, some yeah. silverware every single season. So to not really go out with any uh, intent in some competitions, I, I really don't get because, you know, we won the League Cup, you know, back in my day and it was, you know, it was the best thing ever. So, oh, uh, you know, what, what, 
great days they were, and I'd like to see us do that again. And obviously, the FA Cup's a, a little bit different with its history, but I'd like to see us with you know strong teams in all three, and then you know maybe looking at some of the players that we've spoken about today. You know, if we get any back from injury, great. But you know, giving uh, Iniacho a bit more time, giving you know Chowdhury a bit more time, which we can do. We've also got Mendy to come in and rotate as well, so we can still put strong teams out in all three and do a little bit of rotation. It'd be nice to see if. Uh, if that's what Brendan decides. And I, I remember those League Cup years, as I like to call them, very well. I mean, we, we dominated it. I mean, we were unlucky against Tottenham. We got two wins. And it's a cup. You know, it is a cup. I mean, even even when we were in that, oh, what did they call it? The, not that it wasn't the Champions League. It was, it was the World Championship or something. That by, by winning it, we went on to do it in the league. We went on to play in this thing and we were playing all over the world. And we, we beat Celtic, although they were on penalties, and we were champions of Britain. And we got a little cup for that. And even that, it's like I say, it's silverware. Yeah, I mean, I don't think there are any players who would say, oh, it's only the League Cup or it's only, you know, this, you know, the, the Great Britain Cup or whatever it is. It's, you know, for you, it's it's a, it's another medal. You know, it's another big day out. You know, the League Cup was always at Wembley. So, great day out to be involved in a final. Not every player has that opportunity. So, you, you need to feel uh, that, you, that you're lucky to actually be involved in something like that. You know, so, I mean, I know that... Uh, going back to the League Cup, it was the only round, the final, that I didn't play in and I was absolutely devastated. Uh, you know, it was the right decision and we went on to win it. So the right decision was made, but personally, it was probably my worst day in football. But, you know, again, I was, it was the League Cup and I wanted to be in that team that played in the final. So, And I don't think there are any players. It's just the way that the managers seem to perceive it. And, you know, obviously we've seen the bigger clubs put out sort of second string players and I get why they sort of do that. But the as it gets to the sharp end, they really need to take it a bit more seriously. Yeah. Julian, as always, it's been a pleasure to have you on and it's always lovely to you to give us the um, the right look at the game. We see, we see it as fans and we sometimes do have the blue-tinted spectacles on and you, you, give, you, you bring us back down to earth and tell it as it is. No problem. <laughs> it's Brighton on Wednesday. It's a late kickoff, so, you know, if you can join us, it's be great. But obviously, I know you've got a job and uh, so you, you might not be able to. But thanks for that and um, we will speak soon. Thanks very much, Julian. Yes, Chris. Thank you. Thank you. Julian Watts there, ex-player, always, always, always a pleasure to have him on. Uh, I, he does, he speaks more sense than probably the rest of us put together. Um, we go again. Um, it's currently a 1-0 to Manchester City. That would do us all right if it stays that way. Uh, it currently means that Liverpool are still two points behind us. Um, and let's try and keep it that way. Do us a favour, Man City. Like you say, I don't know whether we're actually ever going to, uh, if we win ever, if we're going to win it this season. Nil nil. Have a good rest of Sunday, guys. We will be back on a Monday, hopefully with Craig and the preview show, looking ahead to the Brighton FA Cup game, and then on Tuesday at seven, we will be talking uh, to Scott from We Are Brighton and the opposition view show and. Uh, ahead of, say, the FA Cup match on Wednesday evening when we will have the pre-match and the post-match show again. Thanks very much, guys. I hope you will. Don't forget, if you want to catch us up, uh, if you've missed the show for any reason, it is on Leicester Till I Die TV on YouTube. Please give us a subscribe and uh, and get uh, help us. We want to try and get those numbers up. Let's try and get those numbers up. Give us a subscribe. Anybody else in the family that's got their own account, get them to give us a subscribe as well. We would appreciate it greatly. If you want to listen to us, we're there. We're on Google um, Podcasts. We're on Apple iTunes Podcast, And we are on Spotify Podcast as well as Anchor, which is now part of Spotify anyway. Enjoy the rest of your Sunday, guys. I'm off to watch one man and his dog and a bit of a takeaway because I've not eaten yet today and I am starving. Nil-nil it ended. Could have been worse. See you on Tuesday night, guys. Take care. Stay safe. Goodbye now. Leicester Till I Die podcasts on the Apple iTunes, Spotify, Google, Anchor and all podcast platforms. Thanks for watching Leicester Till I Die. This is Chris saying goodbye and see you next time.
Social Podcast Network. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with three for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. Beyond the pitch, beyond the results, we're here to connect fans, getting them to embrace the highs and lows of supporting your club because we're not just fans, we're a team. With two in three football fans having struggled with their mental health, we understand that life off the pitch can present its own challenges. That's why we're committed to ensuring you have the tools to stay connected with your friends and fellow supporters. Take a moment to connect with your mates. A simple text or an open conversation can make a world of difference. And if they don't respond right away, don't hesitate to follow up. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. It's the 90th minute. All your mates around. You've got your McNugget share boxes ready to go. Your mates already got booked for double dipping and you steal the last nugget, snatching all three points. Perfect. Order delivery now on the McDonald's app. You in? A participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.